Michelle with Girls Talk Real Talk is guess what? When girls talk, just about anything can happen. So we haven't done this in a while, but today we are doing a live show. And the purpose of the live show is for the listening and the viewing audience to be able to ask questions, for them to be able to make comments, and we will air those live. So once you come on, I want you to share the video, share it out so that other people can benefit from the information that we will be talking about. Because today we are talking about relationship rules. And we're going to put everything on the table and we're going to talk about the important things of healing after a loss, whether it's a bad breakup or whether it is the loss of a loved one, the necessity of healing and why that is important. So guess who I have on with me today? So excited. She hasn't been on with me in a while, but she is the Girls Talk Real Talk resident therapist. So I've got my girl, Sharon Mason, on with us today. Sharon, why don't you introduce yourself to our audience? Well, thank you, first of all, for having me back. Always wonderful when we come together. The discussions are so rich, so I'm happy to be here. But I am Sharon Mason. I am a licensed marriage and family therapist. And as you can see, when I come on here, I've got a smile on my face because I know we're going to get into some deep stuff. So in addition to being a licensed marriage and family therapist, I'm also an author. I'm a wife. I'm a mom. I'm a grandmother and just love supporting people and creating the lives that they want. So happy to be here. Well, I am super excited that you are here with us today. And when I say super excited, I am. I'm really super excited that you're here because I I don't know about anyone else, but I think sometimes we fail to realize that there are rules that we need to follow. And we can't just go off willy nilly and say and do stuff that is hurtful, that is petty, that is immature, and that makes us look bad as well as the other individual. So let's jump right into it. Um, it. For anybody that is on, please make sure that you are sharing the video because we are going to be talking about all things relationship today. So let's just jump right in, Sharon. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm going to throw out a scenario, and it's a scenario that happened in my life. So let's say that the there's a woman, mm -hmm. and she finds out that unbeknownst to her, her husband is entertaining other women. I'll just say it that way. <laughs> um, she's entertain he's enter entertaining other women and it comes to a, a point to where there's some domestic violence that happens. And mm -hmm. so she gets a protective order, has him removed from the house but now she is having to figure out how to live how to raise her kids how to do everything else that she needs to do mm -hmm. where does she start how does she pick up and start living or does she just go in her bedroom and ball up in a in a ball and say i'm done okay so there are so many layers to it. 
because there are probably days that she will go in her room and be in a ball. Sometimes we think that, okay, I can't have times in which I do this or I do that. So there may, in fact, be days that she balls up, but there also has to be days in which she has other things as far as actions that she's doing as far as her healing. And so realizing that this situation took place and what you just described, there are so many layers to it because you're speaking of the betrayal, you're speaking of being uh, the physical part of it, you know, that's physical betrayal as well. So you're, you're talking about abuse, you're talking about uh, violation on so many different levels. And first of all, she's got to realize that there's not just one thing that took place that was hurtful in this situation. And so thinking in terms of, all right, I'm hurt physically, I'm hurt mentally, emotionally, chances are I'm financially hurt, relationally, all these different ways in which I'm impacted. So now I have to start unpacking those things. Sometimes we look at it as just, okay, there's one thing that took place. I just need to heal from this one thing when that's not the case. I need to look at all these different areas and think in terms of what's hurting me the most. And oftentimes that's the last thing that I'm wanting to deal with because it's so painful. So I may want to kind of stuff it, ignore it. I may want to distract myself, but I need to get to the core of some of that pain and right head on, head on. Okay, so when you say jumping in there and starting dealing with with the pain, mm -hmm. before she can effectively deal with the pain, doesn't she have to start acknowledging the emotions that she's dealing with? Yeah, that's what I was saying. There's so many different aspects to it. So looking at all of those different aspects of you've got the frustration, you've got the anger, you've got the sadness, you've got all these different things, the disappointment. Absolutely. Looking at all of those different ways in which my emotions have been impacted and then getting to the core of what it is that I'm needing to do in order to heal. Um, but it's not something that is just on one level. Yeah, I've got to address this on so many different levels and just acknowledging that this may not be something that's so quick and easy. Oftentimes, I want this healing to take place right now and not realizing that no, if it's something that has deeply hurt me, then it's going to take some deep work to get to the healing. Well, the healing part is important in the mm -hmm. sense of what's coming next, what, what has the possibility of happening afterwards. But while yeah. you're in the midst of that and while you're dealing with the emotions that have, yeah. to, have to be dealt with, we mm -hmm. can't stuff them. Number yeah. one, cannot mm -hmm. stuff them. Because if you stuff them, then they will come up and come out in another way. Yeah, it's going to manifest. Time is in a devastating and detrimental way to the person who is doing the stuffing. Yes, absolutely. Because they can screw up relationships. They can screw up their children. They can screw up themselves. Absolutely. And, and so let's talk just in dealing with the emotional part first. Yes. Let's talk about the difference between being bitter and being better. Ooh. I, I you, tell girl. you, I tell you. So I was looking at that. And so first I have to realize that there's probably a great reason that I'm bitter. 
you know, I've got this anger, I've got this disappointment. When I put that anger and that disappointment together, here comes the bitterness. And so to recognize that it may be justified, you know, it may be justified. However, once I acknowledge that, I've got to decide, do I want to get better? Sometimes I may feel power in that bitterness because I've got that anger, I've got that rage, and it can put me in a place where I'm feeling strong because when I start to feel whew, the pain of it, it may sometimes make me feel more vulnerable or make me feel that I'm weak when that's actually not the case as far as the weakness acknowledging what I'm experiencing, that's actually me tapping into the strength. But oftentimes we feel that if I'm vulnerable and I say that this hurt me or that I'm sad that I'm experiencing this, then that means I'm a punk or that means that I'm not strong enough. So it's really looking at it as for what it is. No, I'm being strong because I'm willing to get to some of those more sensitive emotions and to acknowledge the fact that that hurt. And so when I do that, it sets me up to be in a better place so I can work out of that place of being bitter. But I've got to decide that I don't want to hold on to it. But sometimes if I fear that I'm going to go back to that place or that I'm going to be hurt again, then I may say I want to hold on to it out of protection. And if I'm holding on to it, chances are it's going to have an opportunity to kind of replay itself in some ways because I'm going to draw to me. Chances are situations that are really similar rather than I've healed through it. And now I can protect myself in ways to where I'm not drawing those things unto myself. So, Oh goodness. It's really deep. I think that that's important for us to go back for a second because mm -hmm. I know um, the scenario that I gave was was my scenario, um, and I, I'm transparent in my life. Um, but one of the things that I think that we really, really need to look at, because you have to intentionally make the decision to heal. You have to intentionally decide, I'm not going to become bitter, but I want a better life. I don't want yeah. these relationships to be the only relationships that I have in life. Mm -hmm. And so understanding that, so now I am thereby taking responsibility for my healing. Yes. If I if I say, okay, I'm hurt. And and yes. let's let's dispel something before we go there. Why is it that black women are always expected to take the high road, to be the bigger person, and to let stuff go? Oh goodness. Yeah. So what you're speaking to is in some way it's a stigma because as a black woman, you know, sometimes people say that you're already seen as an angry black woman or you're seen as a person that should be able to carry this. You should be able to kind of put these things to the side and put everybody needs above your own. You should be able to. And so it's I'm not given an opportunity to be a human in some senses because I have to operate in a way in which I'm superwoman, which means my emotions don't carry the weight of other people's emotions. Or like I said, I should be able to take so much on. And that is not the case. We're all human and we should have the opportunity 
to be able to work through and process things and not be put in a position to where I have to be the so-called bigger person in a sense. So not to mean that we can get into situations and operate in ways that are detrimental to ourselves and to others. However, we shouldn't be placed in a position to where I should do these things and no one else should. And so a lot of that is the stigma of strong black woman and you can't let it be seen or known that you're hurt. You know, you gotta just kind of stuff these things or you have to ignore these things. You have to deny these things and oftentimes it's going to manifest and it's probably going to be physical illness. It's like, why do I have all these unexplained aches and pains? Because it's manifesting, you know, why I'm experiencing this depression, this anxiety, it's manifesting. And so I have to be able to acknowledge and have the same opportunity that everyone else is afforded rather than you need to be the person that does these things as far as you just take it, you know, and you just turn the other way. Now, we all know about the spiritual piece of how, you know, we're told to kind of turn the other cheek. However, also have to be mindful that not to just put myself in positions to where I can be abused. Oh, goodness. No, it's, it's, it's not OK. It's not OK to be walked on. It's not OK to be you know, kicked and stomped on and abused and used. Uh, no, that's absolutely not OK. So I have to do things to protect myself and not have to take all this on myself. But part of a stigma. OK, so I want to I want to say this to the listening and the watching audience. If you have questions, please put them in the comments. We will answer the questions live. We will show comments live. Mm -hmm. So if you have questions or comments, please put them in the um, comment section and we'll make sure that we get to those because I am monitoring those. So I want to jump into this. So we, we've talked about relationship in that regard where there was hurt, yeah. major hurt that was someone else doing something that created a hurtful experience for another individual. So mm -hmm. what about my significant other, my love of my life, my, mm -hmm. my partner of whatever many years ups and dies unexpectedly. Yeah. All right. So I am encountering more. Okay. So I think in terms of, in this day and time, of course, we all know what's going on with COVID. Um, however, even aside from COVID, you have so many people who are experiencing those types of losses. And it's not necessarily just partners who are up in age, you know, that are elderly. You know, you've got young people who are, um, you know, who are passing away. You've got people who are middle aged as well. And so just to realize that there's a lot that takes place in the passing of this individual. And so you're looking at just kind of your hopes and your dreams that you had within this person, within this relationship. So I have to grieve so many different things. I have to grieve this person's physical presence. I have to grieve the friendship. So all aspects of the relationship, um, of course, you've still got memories and everything, but there's all these other things in which I have to give myself space to be able to grieve and process and realize that there's not necessarily a time limit to it, but give myself that space. I'm finding that with even jobs. Oftentimes it's you get X number of days and you get back in here and you start back fulfilling this role, not realizing that 
you've got people who have sometimes losses. So like you said, the spouse, that's a huge loss. You've got people, it could be a spouse, it could be children, you know, it could be um, their own health. So all these different layers of things that take place, losses, and now I have to give myself space and time to be able to work through process and realize that it's not necessarily going to look like the same process that someone else went through. There's no textbook on grieving, even though you've got things out there. But the reality is, because we are individuals, we all have different ways of being able to deal with these things. And we have to give ourselves that space, permission to do that. Okay. So I want to I wanna stay within that realm because I believe that this speaks to that as well. But once again, anyone that has questions or comments, please put them in the comments section and we will make sure that questions are answered live and that we also will share your comments with our viewing and our listening audience. So I know when we're dealing with the different stages of grief, how does the various stages, the five or six stages of grief that most therapists talk about, how do those stages of grief play into both scenarios that I've thrown into the mix? Okay. So of course, like you said, most therapists, they're going to go into it. They're going to talk about, like you said, the five stages, going to talk about the seven stages. And I think once we have those conversations, so I do a lot of grief counseling and it's not only in the passing of individuals, but it's in you know, grieving my career, I'm grieving my physical health, I'm grieving various transitions that have taken place. And so I don't even pull those pieces in because I want to make sure that I'm meeting that person where they are. And I don't want to set them up for this expectation that this is the way that this thing is going to go. And if it doesn't, I'm not grieving properly. So I'm really mindful of, let's see where you're at. Let's see what your immediate needs are. Let's see how we can continue to check in to see what you're needing, how we can have support in there. I mean, so, of course, we're looking at, okay, if you've got denial of, you know, if you've gotten to the place of having the acceptance, you know, you know, that bargaining. So all these different pieces, I'm listening for them. However, I'm being mindful that this is an individual that I'm working with and then their process is not going to be textbook. And so I'm really mindful of that because once you start to name those off, that person is like, okay, no, you know, I'm here and I'm not there. And am I not doing this correctly? And there is no correct way of doing this. Okay. I'm going to jump in here because I've got um, someone in the comments. She says um, her fiance was murdered and they had plans of marrying in March of next year. Now her hope is gone. And she goes on this year. March of this year. Actually, it's next year. Twenty. Oh, okay. It's Not actually much. next year. Um, okay. and she says that I'm mad, angry, and I don't want anyone else. How can she begin to heal from this? Okay. So I think in terms of just realizing that I have all rights to be angry, I am hurt, and for allowing myself to feel that, experience that, and not say that I have to rush to be at this next place. And so if I'm saying that I just lost my fiance, then where I'm at, I mean, that space is where I'm to be right now. I do not have to rush the process. I would say I need to continue to check in with myself, first of all, to make sure that 
I am taking care of my basic needs. Oftentimes when there's a loss, I'm not looking to take care of my basic needs. You know, I'm probably not eating like I should be, you know, I'm probably not doing some of the things that I could be doing for my basic health. So I look at the bare basics. Let me make sure that as much sleep as I can get, that I'm getting that. That if I am needing to check in and to get with it, in with a therapist to help process some things that I'm doing that. So making sure that all the things that I can do that I am addressing, if I am uh, starting to experience some depression, that I am addressing that. You know, if I'm having anxiety, you know, a lot of worry that I'm addressing it. And so sometimes we definitely want to see that end result. But the main thing is, let me continue to check in with myself. Let me... Um, those people who are my positive support people. Sometimes I may not want to be connected with certain people, but realizing that if I do have positive support people, seeing in what ways can I allow them to support me and to be a help, because that's a heavy weight that I'm carrying if I've experienced that kind of loss. And the fact that I don't want to be with someone else, um, um, that's okay. I can be in that space and not brush myself to be somewhere else. Yeah, I absolutely don't have to do that. And so if I'm angry, absolutely allow myself to be angry. For some people, they kind of write it out. Let me write all the reasons that I'm angry. Sometimes I might find that, you know, I'm angry. In this case, it may be at the person who was the perpetrator. Um, you know, I can be angry at various situations and circumstances and allow myself to be able to express that, give myself spaces that are safe in order to be able to express it so that I don't have to hold all of that in within myself. Okay, so I want to go back to something you just said, because I think it's very, very important. Because you said that you're checking in with yourself daily on a regular basis throughout the day, throughout throughout the day, mm -hmm. to see if you need to see a therapist to address the anger, the anxiety, the depression, or anything else that may come up. Why is that so important? Because oftentimes we're kind of, we can be caught up in our emotions and not even realize that I'm missing some of the signs that I need to take care of some things. So as much as possible to be intentional, because sometimes I may not realize that I need this or I'm neglecting this. But if I'm intentional about checking in, then I can catch some of those kind of those telltale signs of, yes, I'm needing to seek some help or whatever it is that I may be needing that I'm needing to do these things. Here it is um, 11 at night and I haven't had a meal all day. Yeah, that's going to impact me, of course. Or if I'm finding that, no, I'm getting an hour of sleep per night, that exhaustion is going to catch up. So being able to kind of check in and see Okay, what am I needing? And what are the channels that I need to go through to get the help that I'm needing? Okay, so I wanna say again, if you have questions or comments that you want us to answer, I am sharing the comments that you guys are putting up. Um, Deetra said thank you You're for the advice that you have given. Um, I have put a couple of things in the chat from just from what it is that you said. The very first one is to check in with yourself regularly. Yeah. The second thing I put down was to write out all the reasons why I am angry to express myself in a safe place and way. 
yeah and that was just for the anger i mean so it could have been around any emotion that i'm experiencing so i could write around any emotion um you know it could be around the sadness it could be around the disappointment um it could be around the fear so it could be around any of those things but just finding safe ways in in order to be able to express myself for some people they might find that now i'm tapping into my artistic side and so now they may be drawing they may be sketching uh, whatever way i find to be able to express myself and get some of those things out that are within me absolutely let me use those avenues Okay, so we have uh, Deidre saying that's what's happening to me and I would like her information. So I am going to, which I hadn't done yet, I'm gonna go ahead and run her information across the bottom, Deidre. You can get um, in touch with her through her website and or through her email, which is running across the bottom of the screen. So again, anyone else that is um, interested in having a question answered, this would be your opportunity to ask your questions or to leave your comments at this time. Um, the other thing that I wanna jump into because one of the very first um, stages of grief and the reason that I'm bringing this up is because I don't care what type of situation, relationship, um, breakup, whatever it looks like, there is a process of grief because you're grieving the loss of the relationship. Is it? You're grieving what was and no longer is. So let's mm -hmm. let's begin to think about that because you do. I know in my own life, when I went through my separation and eventual divorce, one of the things that I had to I had to admit to myself was that I was hurt. Oh, absolutely. After I admitted to myself that I was hurt, then I was angry. How important is it when you acknowledge that you're angry that you don't go after revenge? Okay, so when you say, okay, so I've had this conversation numerous times, probably more, I've had this conversation numerous times and I like to have the conversation in a way that I don't pass judgment because when, I, when you think about it, I'm angry, I'm hurting, I want you to feel my pain. So in, for some people, it's a natural response, but realizing that oftentimes the long-term consequence, chances are, I, I don't want that. And so I am kind of out of my emotions, making decisions. And in certain spaces, I have to be mindful of not doing that, not to make decisions out of these emotions because I am hurt. And if I'm hurt and I'm making these decisions based out of these emotions, when I get to a, another space and if I continue to heal, I continue to grow, I continue to process and work through, I won't be in that space. But I may find that now I'm dealing with these negative consequences based off of decisions that I made in that space, which can be very difficult. You know, a lot of people that find themselves in that place. And so it's realizing that I'm not really in a head space or heart space to be making certain decisions, but I can't acknowledge the fact that, okay, yeah, I want to hurt this person. You know, I can say that. And, and, and it may be what I'm feeling right now. It may be what I'm feeling for a very long time, but realizing that that's based off of where I am currently and that 
may not be the case from now until. And so surrounding myself with some people who are going to be able to support me, hold me accountable, help me to protect myself from myself, because if I act out of my emotions, I may do some things that I can't take back that puts me in a worse position, you know, and sometimes it's like, well, there can't be a worse position. Sometimes that's the feeling when you mean worse position, I'm in the worst position. However, yeah, there actually can be worse positions because now I can't take, you know, this thing back if I've sought revenge, but to realize that, yeah, I could feel like that and not to necessarily shame myself for the way that I'm feeling. I can acknowledge that, oh, I absolutely feel this way. Now, how do I continue to work through the process of healing and denying how I feel? That's not part of it. I don't have to deny that I feel this way. Okay, so the in the very first part, and, and I dealt with this, so I can I can really speak to this, the denial. Oh, well, we, we're just taking a break. We'll get back together. That's not the end of the relationship. We'll figure it out and work it out, knowing good and well in the back of your mind that there is absolutely no reason for you to take this person back. Mm -hmm. Or in, in the case of a loss yeah. where, where it was unexpected and you have not yet wrapped your mind around the fact that they are no longer here, that mm -hmm. even if there was an opportunity to get back together, this person is no longer here for you to get back together with. Yeah. So yeah. understanding that, that denial, mm -hmm. um, how how is one to deal with the denial part of it because that seems to for me it springboarded me into the anger i, I don't know what step came after that but for me i went straight from denial to anger okay so when i think in terms of the denial sometimes that's just protection just think if i had to take all this on at one point sometimes it can be so overwhelming that our mind does things to protect us and sometimes that piece of denial, it kind of helps. It kind of, some people can soften the blow some. It's almost like transitional. And so, like you said, once I went from the denial to realizing that, no, this isn't the case now, I'm angry, then, yeah, that's natural progression in some ways, but not thinking in terms of this is wrong either. So the denial, that wasn't wrong. That's a way that my mind has helped for me to be protected. The anger this isn't necessarily wrong either but it's what do i do out of that anger you know what do i do and like you said for some it may be okay i'm angry i'm about to seek some revenge or it may be that i'm angry so i'm going to draw into myself um, some ways i might find that i'm internally you know disrupting you know my whole internal process or it may be that externally you know there's going to be some disruption so different things can take place but if I don't put a value on it as this is right and this is wrong, then I'm going to be in a better space. Now, what I do as far as acting out on these things is a different thing. But feeling these emotions, no, um, I'm at this place now. I'm not sure how I got there. Oftentimes, I want to know what's taking place. I want to be able to track. I want to know what took place from here to here. And oftentimes, there's nothing that tells you that I'm moving from this stage to that other than okay, now I've got a little bit more peace. Or at this point, I'm not holding on to this the way that I was. Or now I'm starting to see 
um, you know, these positive memories in this, you know, in this sense, possibly, rather than everything being how horrific things were, or it may be, okay, now I see not necessarily the passing, but the fact that I'm no longer with this individual, that there were other telltale signs as well. So, so many things can take place, but am I giving myself space for that? Or am I telling myself, you know, we broke up two weeks ago, I need to be good today. That is really not realistic. I would ask how, you know, into this person was I, how deep was this relationship? You know, what was that if in two weeks, I'm fine, I've moved on. It's okay, really, tell me more about that. <laughs> I'm having a hard time with that part because I know, you know, Anyone that knows me knows this past January, I lost my brother um, to a cancer diagnosis. He lost his, his battle. Um, and then I lost an, my eldest niece mm -hmm. a month later. She died of natural causes, unexpected, yeah. was here today, gone today. Um, so even in that, mm -hmm. I have to admit, there are times when a, a memory will pop up on Facebook and it'll send me backwards yeah you know but i have to process those emotions i i can't run from them mm -hmm. i have to process them or they'll overtake me so we have another comment by um lisa so it's kind of long she says i've been through much injustice myself my trigger for ptsd is around injustice and i've just experienced it for about a month I had to lessen my stress level and take care of myself. Mm -hmm. It was in a flight or fight experience. How do I keep in check with my emotions while working and reaching my dreams? Okay. That's a really good question. No, that's a, that's a great question. So I think in terms of, she's speaking to the busyness. So just because I'm in this space that can be a hard place, it can be a dark place, it can be a place that, I absolutely don't want to be in this space. I still have all these other things in which I have responsibilities. I've got things that I have to do. And so it doesn't necessarily give me space to just be tending to my emotions because it's like, okay, no, I want to take the next year off to be able to just tend to my emotions. But oftentimes life doesn't afford us that. And so it's finding opportunities to be able to check in so that may be, okay, while well, I take my lunch, I'm just checking in, you know, I'm just checking in. And it's not that basic check in of, hey, how you doing? Oh, I'm fine. And you know, it's one of those things that we tend to find ourselves, oh, I'm just fine. Just like if a person was to ask. And so when I'm checking in with myself, let me be honest. Oftentimes, if I'm thinking about it, it may be, I'm fine, but let me check in with my body. Oh gosh, I didn't realize that my shoulders were so tense. I didn't realize that I had this going on in my stomach or in my chest or that I'm experiencing, you know, these pains. So sometimes I need to just check in with my body so it can give me those indicators of where I'm at. And okay, I'm at, I'm at lunch and I found that I have recognized that something is off that I need to address. So I have to find ways of being able to set that aside because it doesn't mean that now I can leave work. You know, I, I can't just necessarily leave work because I've got this thing to address, but 
I have to tell myself that absolutely, I acknowledge this, whatever it may be, and I'm going to tend to you. And then don't forget. Sometimes we are quicker to remember ways in which we need to tend to someone else than we are to ourselves. And I kind of, you know, I'm saying, well, I'm just kind of neglecting myself in certain ways so I can let myself know that, no, actually, I am going to tend to you, you know, and kind of make that time later on. Okay. If this may be the day that I may not get with the girlfriends or whatever it is that I was going to do, it may be time that I'm needing to do some of this internal stuff for myself. And so kind of checking in with myself, not saying that this has to be an all day thing, but let me check in. Let me see how I'm doing and being aware, like she's speaking of triggers. Let me be aware of my triggers and then think in terms of how do I address that? You know, how do I address it? Like she's speaking of the uh, the injustice. And like she said, if I've experienced so much of this, you know, in the course of my life, then I'm going to be sensitive to it in certain ways. So I might decide that this month I'm just not doing social media, you know, or I'm going to be a little bit more mindful of how much news I watch. So not saying that I'm going to draw away from it for my lifetime, but it may be rather than doing these things, I'm going to tend to myself in ways so that I can promote further healing and then I can kind of revisit. So it's just kind of being mindful of where I'm at and what it is that I'm needing. Okay. So she says, thank you. That's helpful. Managing stress level and reaching our goals is important. It is because like you said, you cannot stop living. When I separated from my Mm ex-husband, I was nine months pregnant with my youngest child. I had two other children that I had to care for. So life didn't stop for me. I had to keep it moving. But what I found was that in the midst of what I was going through, as I was being honest with myself about where I was, Mm -hmm. as I was journaling about how I was feeling and how I was processing the things that were going on, as I was talking to that trusted friend Mm-hmm. that I could I knew that when I shared that information with them it wasn't going anywhere. Yeah. All of that matters. I shared in in the uh comments that emotional where is it at? Emotional or mental disease can lead to disease in our bodies. Absolutely. And I think people need to understand that when you stress out, when you don't deal with your emotions and you try to stuff it, it turns into stress and it's stress that we internalize. And then it begins to present itself as health issues. Yes. You start having pains in your chest. You you run the risk of of having a stroke, depending on how stressed out you actually may be. Um, So we have to really do what you said check in with ourselves see where we are see if we are allowing ourselves to get to a place that we're so stressed out that now i'm sick yeah now i i i got the the virus the vaccine for the virus everything seemed to be going well and now i'm sick i don't have the virus but i'm sick i i can't hardly breathe only because it's the stress that you had not dealt with. And so that emotional and mental dis-ease created a disease within our bodies. Yeah. So I want I want to go back 
Can and I touch on? I want to make sure I touch on that too. Okay, go ahead. Yeah. So even as you're speaking about just kind of these different things that are manifesting because I'm not addressing uh, my emotions, I find that if I don't allow myself to get the rest that I need, if I'm not taking care of myself in certain ways, if I feel that oh, if you're not physically ill, you can't take time off, you can't tend to these things. Sometimes what will take place is now I'm sick and it's making me have to slow down. And so it's how do I take care of myself in the ways in which I need to so that my body doesn't make me or my mind doesn't make me? Because if I'm not doing these things in and of myself and being intentional about it, Next thing you know, now my body says you have no choice or my mind says you have no choice. And so it's OK. No, let me be proactive about this and make sure that I am taking care of myself and taking care of myself. Well, you know, taking care of myself well and giving myself that permission because I don't want to have to get to a place where I have no choice. That is important. Um, one of the things that that I know um, now, this did not happen to me. So let me clarify that because I've been talking about me up to this point. So let me make sure I say that because um, then somebody would be like, Michelle said no. Make sure you get it right. I did not say that this was me. So what in those instances where you have a petty individual that you just ended a relationship, whether it was them or you, doesn't matter. You just ended the relationship and now the other person is being petty they're going around spreading lies about you they when they moved out of the house they took stuff that they didn't even really need but they knew that it would get a rise out of you or that you would be impacted in some way negatively how do you deal with the pettiness that some individuals resort to at the end of a relationship okay so I think in terms of those things that are inside my control and those things that are outside of my control, I feel like a post on line today about that. So we've got these things that are not within our control. And even though it's not within my control, this impacts me. And so as you're speaking to, you're talking about the, the pettiness of it. So what can I do? I can't follow behind this person and try to kind of, make my name not so blighted, you know, make it to where person sees me in this light because all these rumors have been put out there. You know, these things have been spread because even if I attempt to, you've got people who, oh, I want to believe that anyway. And so I have to be mindful of what's within my control. And then how is it that I want to spend my energy? And so if I'm trying to tit for tat everything this person does, then it's going to be a problem because I'm not going to be able to spend my energy on what I'm needing to do, which is, you know, put it towards my healing, put it towards my growth, put it towards whatever it is that I'm needing to do for myself, you know, possibly for my children, for my family. And so it's really, whew, I might find myself at a place where I have to continue to stop and take those deep breaths and say, what am I needing to do? And chances are, I may find that there's nothing that I need to do. Um, if this person is trying to get what you said was a rise out of you, then chances are I'm going to I want you to call because I want to engage with you. So if I play into that, then I'm giving this person what it is that they need. So if I'm saying that, no, we're not doing that. 
um, okay, I'm going to probably have to replace some things, you know, you know, there's a great chance because when you have two people who their life was, you know, entangled in certain ways, then when we take that apart, you know, sometimes it's not the cleanest of breaks. And so just to realize that some of the physical, you know, material things, some things I may have had some attachment to, and here we go again. Now I've got to grieve that too. So there could be that I've got to grieve these things that left, you know, I've got to grieve the fact that maybe I'm not the person that would have cursed you out. I may not even be that person anymore, but sometimes I even have to grieve that I'm not even doing things in a way that used to be satisfactory for me because I'm growing in a different way. So it's so many different layers to it, but I have to decide how it is that I want to put my energy forth because I can't be over here doing all of this and taking care of all of this too. So what, what do I want to do? But I can't acknowledge the fact that, oh, but I want to, but I don't necessarily have to act on it, but I don't want to necessarily deny it because now here we go. It's going to manifest in some ways. And so chances are I'm going to be real sarcastic. I'm going to be real nasty. I'm probably going to be snapping on people who have nothing to do with the situation. So just to realize that, oh, that sucks. You know, that that, that was real bad. You know, I really do want to say some things. I really do want to do some things. However, this is where I'm going to channel my energies. This is where this is what I'm going to do. Okay, so um, I've got another question, but before we go to uh, Lisa's question, I want to ask this question. You know, in the Word of God and um, in Matthew, when the disciples went to Jesus and asked him what was the greatest commandment, and the first commandment he said was to love God with everything, everything you are, everything you have, in every way possible. The second one was to love your neighbor as yourself. As yourself. Mm -hmm. I think the part that gets jacked up in that scripture and people overlook is as yourself. So mm -hmm. I cannot effectively love another individual until I learn how to love myself. So I preface that first. That's the first part of what I want to say. Mm -hmm. So my question is this. When I have been in a relationship and I have given my entire self to this relationship and yep. it fails, when I have given my entire self to this relationship and my mate dies unexpectedly, how do I live without them? Oh, goodness. So I gave my entire self. So when you said that, I'm thinking, oh, gosh, you gave it all. So I believe in holding a little bit back for yourself. Uh, <laughs> I mean, and it's not in a sense that I'm withholding. However, although, like you said, we're one, but we are still individuals. You know, we, we, we are still individuals and I have to have this piece that I give to God. I've got to have these other pieces. I've got other relationships. However, when I'm saying that, you know, you complete me. Well, actually, I should have been complete, you know, I mean, so we got to kind of look to that. Okay, the teacher said good question. So I think in terms of just realizing that there are some going to be some pieces of me that are lost and to acknowledge that. And now I have to learn to put my pieces back together and they're not going to go back the way that they were originally together. And so I have to acknowledge that, that no, if this person, they were integral in my life, you know, you know, with the intimacy, all these different pieces that 
things that I leaned on, that I depended on, that this is a loss. And if I have this loss, then I have to grieve it and recognize that I just got to work to put some things back together, but it's not going to necessarily fit the way that it's not going to fit the way that it originally did. And to realize that it's going to hurt, you know, it's going to take a process, but I can begin that. And I found some people that in doing that, they recognize that, oh gosh, I was able to, of course, have happiness. You know, I was able to have that joy, you know, with that fruit. I was able to have the fruit in the midst of it, but it still hurts. So I can hold both of these things as true. And I don't have to say because I'm hurt, you know, I don't have the spirit in me. Oh, goodness. That, that, that's not how that works. So I can have deep pain. I can have hurt. I can have anger. I can have those things. Meanwhile, I can still be uh, filled with the spirit, filled with the fruit. Okay, so jumping from that question to Lisa's question. Mm -hmm. So how do we trust again? Ooh, all right. Let me expound on that before you answer. How do we trust again from a broken, a bad, broken relationship? And how do I love again after the love of my life has died? Okay, so when I think about that, the, the trust piece, First of all, I have to regain trust in myself. And for some people, it's like, what? I never lost trust in myself. Mm -hmm. So I have to regain trust in myself because I was in this relationship with an individual and some things took place. And, you know, this person did whatever it is that they did. So I have to learn to, first of all, regain that trust in myself. If there's any forgiveness, I have to learn to forgive myself. So I've got to do all these things with myself first. And then I can realize that, okay, I have to be mindful of trusting people that show themselves to be trustworthy. Sometimes, you know, we might have that blind trust. And so I'm trusting people that haven't necessarily even shown themselves to be trustworthy. So I can be aware of trusting folks who show themselves to be trustworthy. I can, uh, you know, continue to build on my friendships and then also recognize that because I have been hurt in these ways that this is something that is difficult, but I can continue to heal. And as, the more I heal, the more I get to a place where I am going to be able to kind of trust. But like, I still go back to that place of trusting, you know, those who have proven themselves to be trustworthy. And so that starts with the small stuff, you know, small stuff. Now opening up all the big stuff to you, if you haven't shown yourself to be trustworthy with the small things, but it is absolutely um, a process. But it starts with now my heart has to be healed. You know, my mind, my thoughts have to be healed. And if I say that I'm a person who is trustworthy, then I have to say, well, if I'm a person that's trustworthy, you know, is there at least one other person out there that's trustworthy? You know, sometimes we like nobody out there to be trusted. Well, if I'm a person that's trustworthy, chances are, there's at least one other person. So if there's at least one other person, then chances are there's two. So there are some people who are like-minded in those ways. And I just have to find my people because realizing that everybody isn't and everyone isn't necessarily trustworthy. So I don't have to just open myself up and trust anyone and everyone. So it's a process. Okay. So, um, 
some good comments here. Um, good dialogue that's going on. Again, if you have questions, please put them in the comments and we will answer them. If you have comments, put those in there as well. Um, Lisa makes a good point. Mm -hmm. And I, I want to show this. She said, yes, I love myself. I learned to understand boundaries and trying to attract a healthy, loving relationship. Okay, after a bad breakup, after the loss of a loved one, whether it's death, do breakup, whatever the case may be. I I, I I was stuck here because I don't think people understand the concept of boundaries. That's a whole discussion in and of itself. Okay, so let's talk about boundaries. And then I want to get to, because you had a part two to your question. So I want to make sure I get to that. Because you said okay. that, that. So sometimes we've experienced our boundaries being crossed. We've experienced the violation so much that we don't even recognize that this is something that is necessary. You know, might be as little people, you know, boundaries crushed, violated, you know, got where... You need to respect adults. However, adults don't have to respect you. You know, you need to be mindful, you know, of what you do, you know, the things in which the way in which you engage with others. But then for some people, it's well, no one was mindful of the way in which they engage with me. You know, might have been emotional abuse, physical abuse, sexual abuse. You know, all these things can take place. So we have to recognize that it's OK for me to set healthy boundaries. And then the other side is that there are some people will not be happy and so you're going to get some pushback the nerve of you not to allow me to treat you this way or to talk to you this way to do these things and you've got some people that are going to continue to try to push through those boundaries burn those boundaries down uh, to go under and around them and now I have to decide how it is that I'm going to continue to engage because sometimes this is of course within the family as well so what am I going to do about that? But first recognizing that boundaries are extremely important. You know, they talk about those fences, you know, good fences make what they say. Good fences make good neighbors or however that mm -hmm. phrase goes. And so same goes uh, with boundaries. And so that means that, you know, yeah, I don't necessarily just allow you to talk to me these ways. I don't allow you just to put your hands on me and all these different things that can take place if I don't have boundaries. But it's extremely important, but sometimes it can be difficult because I might want to be liked. You know, I may uh, not like conflict. Um, it may be a person that's out to take advantage of you in certain ways, or I want to put my stuff off on you. And so I don't have to do the stuff because I'm going to put my things off on you. And so enforcing boundaries, realizing that some people will not like it. Yeah. Okay, so jumping back to the second part of my question, because Deetra made a comment. She said, yes, good question. After the love of my life has died, he was God sent to me. Now he's gone. I don't think I can ever love this way again because he was God sent. Okay, dealing with that second part of that question, how do we deal with that? Okay, yeah. So it's thinking in terms of how do I love again? So it's almost looking at it in terms of not comparing because it's not going to be the same when, you know, when or if. Now, you've got some people who decide that I'm not getting into another relationship. 
you've got some people and that's the case. And then you've got some people as time goes on, they find themselves at a place where, you know, I can get into another relationship, but being mindful that it's not going to be what you have with that other person. There are definitely going to be things that are different because this is another individual. And now looking to see what it is that I'm wanting or needing within a relationship and that comparing part for some people make it extremely difficult because yeah, I had this with this person, you know, it's not you, it, it can't be you. And so we have to be mindful of making sure that we're at a certain place in our healing process before allowing ourselves to enter into relationships because we can hurt other people because this person may say that absolutely I want a relationship with you, but we can be hurting other people and then we can be hurting ourselves as well. And so kind of thinking in terms of, I don't even have to consider necessarily being in another relationship. It may be that I'm just not there, which doesn't mean that I won't be there, but I'm just not there right now. Let me continue to grow. Let me continue to give myself space to make sure that I'm getting to the healthiest place as possible because this is something that was detrimental and I don't, I'm not going to heal overnight. Um, but it's, it's not going to be that same person. It, it, it's not, there's going to be, there could be things that are similar, but I have to also be mindful of comparing because if I say that this was the best, well, the next, I'm going to look at that probably like, well, okay, it's not really the, the best, but something, it could be something different and it could still be something great, but I have to be mindful of comparing. And if I find myself at a place where I am comparing in certain ways, which is kind of natural, then I have to take a step back and think in terms of where am I at in my healing process. Okay. So I, I like the way that you said, take a step back and think about where you are in that healing process. I know for me, it was from the time that me and my, um, my ex-husband separated, um, from the time we separated to when we actually divorced to when I started dating again was 10 years. And most people was like, dang, Michelle, what was wrong with you? I had, I had dealt with such emotional and mental abuse that I had to give myself time to heal. Plus I was raising children. Yes. So I'm trying to be mama to kids. You know, you have family responsibilities that don't involve kids, but you know, my mother was still, is still living and we had those responsibilities. And so there were other things that were going on in my life at the time, but I made a promise to myself. Mm -hmm. I said, if I ever am dating or in a relationship with anyone else, mm -hmm. And I notice in them the same attributes that I saw in my ex-husband. I'm ending the relationship immediately. I'm not making excuses. I'm, I'm paying attention to the red flags. I'm giving myself permission to walk away. Okay. That's exactly what I did. The young man that I was dating started exhibiting mild very mild cases of what I saw in my ex-husband. And I was like, nope, I didn't pay attention to the red flags then, but I'm paying attention to them now. And I said, I'm ending it. And he started stalking me for six months. Oh gosh. Okay. So, so when, when you 
you've gone through the process of healing mm-hmm. or, or let's let's just go back we we still in the process of healing absolutely you have ended this relationship because it's not good for you and the individual starts stalking you how do you deal with that because that's another layer on top of the reasons why you ended the relationship in the first place okay so at this point you're getting into some legal stuff now you know yeah, Lord. <laughs> okay okay yeah so here's the thing there is unfortunately so much that's taking place with individuals who have attempted to end relationships and the other individual didn't let it happen like that. And so sometimes we say, why did this person stay in this situation so long? Why did they stay within this abusive situation? Not realizing that there's sometimes aspects that you don't see. And sometimes a person's not letting you go so easily. And so then you have to continue to do the things to protect yourself, protect your family and go about it the way that you have to do it. And, you know, and sometimes even with the legal aspect of it, some people go around that and then you still have things that take place. And so when you speak to here, I am seeing these things that are red flags. I would look at it as this is a red flag period. Now, this is something that the ex, um, you know, exhibited. But if this is something for me, that is one of those no goes of this is not something that I'm okay with in the relationship, then, okay, let me acknowledge this. And like you said earlier on, because as I let time continue to move, chances are these things may not necessarily change. And so it's saying that let me address it and I may have to go about things, you know, legally and, you know, do what I need to do to make sure to protect myself so that I don't find myself um, having to be, you know, I have to stay in this relationship where I have to continue to engage with this person or I have to do these things, you know, because out of fear or out of, whatever that may be taking place. And so there's so many layers to that question as well. Got some layered questions, but yeah, well, you know me. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but I have to do what I need to do and, you know, being on the outside looking in, it can look like, well, what's her problem? But not realizing that she's been trying to get away. And then sometimes, you know, it goes for the guys too. You've got some guys who are in abusive relationships and they find themselves trying to get away and you know there can be things that they're taking place taking place as far as the threats and things if you leave i'm gonna press chart i mean so there can be so many aspects that the person on the outside doesn't see but let me make sure that i'm safe make sure that i'm protecting myself making sure that i'm doing all those things whether it be documenting making sure that um my support people doing the things that i need to do to make sure that um that i'm okay okay so Lisa asked a very good question. I, I don't have the answer to that question. Oh, good. Okay, so uh, I am curious. The right kind of man. Okay, I think the question is, after you've experienced the wrong, okay. how can you attract, first, how can you identify what the right kind of man is and how do you attract them? All right. So I think in terms of because I'm all about let me work on me first, because when I'm in my healthiest space, I'm going to be able to attract more healthy people. Let me let me put it that way. 
However, if when I'm in a place of being broken, oftentimes, you know, this person is coming to fill these different spaces. And so let me be as healthy as possible so that I can see certain things and I'm not just operating out of my brokenness. I'm not operating out of my hurt, operating out of my pain. So that's part of it. And then the other thing is to realize that for whatever reasons, there may be these what we call types. I may have what has become a type for me. And this may be what seems to be attractive to me. This may be, you know, what I'm drawn to, but I might have to realize that, okay, within this type that I got to get out of that to an extent and look at with my values, what it is that I'm wanting, how do I find a person that has these things and break away from what we call that type? Sometimes we put all these physical attributes and you got to have this, 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 and this, and not realizing that, of course, you still want to be attracted to the individual, but sometimes we give more weight to that than we are to that internal. Okay. Okay. I like that. I like that. Um, Lisa. <laughs> what Lisa say? What Lisa say? Girl, Lisa funny. Lisa said, I think a relationship Facebook private site would be great. Well, you have to do it, Lisa. Ooh, that's responsibility. I wouldn't take that on. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, good. I mean, and so here's the thing. You know, I'm going to throw this up here. So when I think in terms of how sometimes people are going to send their representative. And so just to be mindful that what I see right here may not be what it is. And so finding ways to be able to engage with folks in ways that I can see more of who you truly are, because on the site, I'm going, I can, I can just show you who I believe you want me to be. I can portray some things that aren't necessarily the truth. And so just finding ways of, let me see, how do I learn what it is that's your true nature? What are your values? How those things come together? And sometimes it may be, okay, I got to see the folks that you hanging out with. You know, not that you're just going to be like your family in certain ways, but in certain ways, okay, let me see your family. Let I mean, so let me engage with you in certain ways so that I can know more about you and so that I can get to the core of who it is that is right here. Okay, so I want to I wanna step back for a second um, because I think it's important uh, for us to be able to, to really look at this and... Um, everything that we do begins and ends with us. Mm-hmm. Everything that Michelle does begins and ends with Michelle. So Michelle determines what I'm going to allow to happen into my life and what I'm not going to allow to happen in my life. Sometimes things get past us and it yeah. happens all the time. Oh, yeah. But when we become aware of it, then now we are responsible to make sure that we protect ourselves in the process. Mm -hmm. And so understanding that I have to not blame everybody else and everything else for the condition that I find myself in, but to pull myself up by the bootstraps. And if this is not how I want to live my life, then do something about it. I can't just wallow in what happened. I have to take responsibility 
and step into my own personal healing mm -hmm. because the saying is true and and i fought with this saying for a long time hurt people hurt people however okay okay i'm, I'm glad you threw that however because i was going to jump in there michelle i was jumping in there however you make the choice to be hurt and thereby making the choice to live and operate up under that hurt experience that you had, you are carrying that baggage around. So then every other person that you encounter that does anything remotely close to what you went through, they now are responsible for everything that the other person did to you. So now you've taken the baggage off of yourself and you've backed like a bag baggage handler at the airport. You've thrown it on to somebody else. And so now they have to deal with your hurt. And I don't think that if we honestly looked at it for what it really is, I don't mm -hmm. think that's something we really want to do. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. But part of it is acknowledging the degree to what which I experienced this hurt, this pain. And sometimes it's, well, you know, I'm hurt, um, but uh, I'm OK. It's like, oh, goodness, no, to be able to really acknowledge the degree. And now I need to heal to that degree and maybe a little bit more, you know. So I need to make sure that the degree of that pain that my healing that it, it meets that it matches that rather than i was hurting this much but then you know i got this much hurt and it's kind of healing no it doesn't work like that i've got to make sure that it makes sense okay we've got another question then this one's this one's a good one it's a doozy you ready bring it one more important question. I am getting some of my fiance's ashes that will be in my possession at all times. In the future, if I find someone else, how would this make that man feel knowing that this other man's ashes has a prominent place in her home and in her heart? Yeah, so I think it's important to have the conversation so of course i'm i'm going to have these ashes and it's important to have the conversation with this person but i don't necessarily have to have that conversation you know early on i mean i've got to decide at what point i share what information some people aren't even worthy of knowing that uh, some so i've got to decide but i think in terms of an individual realizing that you know I had this partner, you know, had a fiance, this person has passed away. And a lot of times people have certain things that they keep, you know, sometimes if the relationship ended and we're just not together, there's more things, there's certain things that we would get rid of. However, if I do still have um, kind of the ashes and certain things, you've got some people who may feel insecure in that, even though this person has passed on. You know, and then I've got to kind of think in terms of, OK, what do I do with that? Because if you're insecure about a person who's passed on, I can imagine how you're going to feel about people who are right here in the flesh. And so it's kind of something to be aware of. Then you've got other people who are going to be aware that, no, there was relationships before me 
and that in those relationships before me that you know and i'll just say remnants you know i mean i want to be mindful of my words but there are things that will remain and so even if i didn't have the ashes yeah there could be still a part of my heart that you know still misses this person in certain ways and so it's uh, being able to have the conversation that's what i would say because certain people are going to look at it certain ways but i think of it in terms of if a person had relationships before you guys got together and here are children you know for some people it's like okay these children from other relationship i don't want them around that much that's something to be mindful of because these are my children and they're going to be around and so it's being okay aware of this person in their mindset because it may actually be a person that i i can't have a healthy relationship with but yeah let's have these conversations and kind of see where you're at because some people are going to be accepting and then some people will not be accepting that's that's a really good point sharon i think that a lot of times we don't take that into consideration we we don't we know how we feel and we know how the loss of a loved one or through a death or a broken relationship we we don't always know how to communicate it effectively so that other people don't feel threatened what well, is is my relationship with you going to be a three-person relationship it, are you going to constantly be putting me in comparison with this other person is all of your comments going to be well when so-and-so was alive we did this and when so-and-so was alive we did that and so-and-so used to tell me this every day you know I, it, it is going back to those boundaries and going back to the opportunity for us to begin to look at what needs to be said when it needs to be said and then saying it in a way that is non-threatening to the other person you're you're giving them information you're not asking for their approval yeah and i think that is key for us in every situation to begin to realize that i'm sharing this information with you but i'm not asking for your approval i'm not mm -hmm. even asking for your agreement because if it's a deal breaker for you then i hate to say it this way but you look good gone i mean but but it comes back to you knowing what you need in your life and i think it's not until we heal yeah it's not until we give ourselves the time the space and the permission permission absolutely mm -hmm. that we will begin to see the rest of it yeah. you know and and i don't take it lightly when someone comes up to me and tells me well you know i lost somebody or or this was a bad breakup and and i've had my family members go through similar things i've had it as far as the significant other cutting up furniture yeah cutting up clothes doing all of this crazy stuff so how do you continue living one day at a time one minute at a time one hour at a time one day at a time absolutely you do not allow their actions to dictate how you live your life and and i think that's that's paramount that we understand that people are people and people are going to do what people are going to do you can either respond appropriately which sometimes that appropriate response may not say nothing at all 
right. or you can react and create a whole nother avenue where this individual has access to you. Yeah. Ooh, you said a mouthful, Michelle. Yes, ma'am. Yeah, I, I, I just wanted to make sure that people understand that your healing is your responsibility. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And you may have had absolutely no role in the hurt and the pain. I mean, sometimes people, oh, you brought that on yourself. Now, there's some things I brought on myself. However, there are things that we know absolutely didn't uh, bring on yourself and had no control of. But meanwhile, what do I do with it? What do I, what do, I do with it? Because if I don't want to stay in this place, then I have to be active in my healing. You know, sometimes it's not necessarily a passive thing. I've, I've got to be active in it. So Lisa says, yep, your responsibility for me, a loving relationship with some adventurous fun, and we both believe in God. She's setting her boundaries. She knows what it is that she's looking for. And I'm sure that there are things that are going to step up into play as well as as you get out there you you just have to i want to go back before i make that statement early on we had talked about forgiveness we we didn't really get deep into it you asked the question <laughs> and then we kind of moved on because we had some questions come up i want to go back to the importance of self-forgiveness yeah. um because if i remember correctly what you said you have to offer yourself some forgiveness. Oh, absolutely. Because you played an active role in whatever went on. And what, I t what I've said to people in the past is- That's not really what I see it. I really know, but I paraphrase. <laughs> ain't really what I see it, Michelle. <laughs> no, that, that part where you have to forgive yourself? No, you have to forgive yourself, but it's not necessarily because you played that active role. I've got- no, Oh, oh, I wanted to make sure. Okay, that's your word. Yeah, okay. no, that's what I said. Okay. I, because that's one of the things that I had to learn for myself. Okay, I got you. Okay. I had to learn for myself that I played an active role in got that relationship. You. Absolutely. Okay. And because I played an active role in the relationship, however it fell out, whatever it looked like, however mm. it came about, how it ended was how it ended. Now, some aspect of me got caught up in the end of that relationship. Gotcha. Gotcha. And so now gotcha. I have to offer that forgiveness to myself first, yes, first, before I can forgive anybody else. Mm -hmm. So I have to own my part of it. Okay, gotcha. Whether gotcha. I was the reason it ended or not, I'm in this relationship with this other individual. And if we want to be honest, mm -hmm. before we actually got hurt, we saw the warning signs. And I don't think we always want to acknowledge the warning signs because I can sit back now and I can say, oh yeah, that was a warning sign and I didn't pay no attention. Yeah, mm -hmm. I, I didn't, I saw it, but I didn't know what it was. But now that I have 2020 vision, because you know, <laughs> hindsight is 2020. Oh, absolutely. I can acknowledge it for what it is. So, in let's talk about just for a couple of minutes, 
Mm -hmm. the importance of forgiving yourself because you're the one that's got to live the rest of your life and you don't want this to be something that holds you hostage for the rest of your life yeah so when i think in terms of the forgiveness i think about how goodness we've all done things where we've fallen short and like i'm here you speak to kind of ignoring things letting things go you know like you said the warning signs whatever the case may be um sometimes we didn't set ourselves up in a way to where let's say that we protected our hearts we protected our minds we protected our bodies whatever the case may be and so there's so many different layers thinking in terms of what might i need to forgive myself for and i'm human so if i start with that element that i'm human and i've you know kind of made some mistakes then i can look in terms of even this other individual that's a human too and so i'll get to that in a second but oh what might i need to uh, forgive myself for it may be that i didn't show up for myself enough you know it may be that i put more into this situation that i should have you know I was all consumed. And so it may be that I didn't invest um, like I should have into my relationship with God. I didn't invest in my relationship with self the way that I should have or with some other important people. So it looks different for different people, but it's realizing that, okay, let me forgive myself for those things because in that, then I can learn to retrust myself. And so when I get kind of back to where I am going to engage in another relationship, it's okay. I can trust myself to protect myself. And now I can enter into this situation with not a certainty that this isn't going to happen. But if it is, I can do what I need to do to protect myself. I'm going to show up for myself. I'm not going to abandon myself. I'm not going to neglect myself. I think that that's important because when we step into forgiveness, forgiveness has to happen before love of self can can live. Yeah, because love, although love has the ability to cover a multitude of sins, it cannot freely exist in the realm in which you're inviting it into if forgiveness has not already cleared the room out. You know, you're talking about getting into the grace and all kinds of stuff you about yeah, to. Yeah. We're not going there right now. I know, I know. So, but I, I think that we've covered a lot of ground. Oh, goodness. And the questions, oh my gosh. I mean, real, real stuff. Real stuff, real stuff. Well, I, I really, I really want it because I, I did a play on words. I said relationship rules. Um. But a lot of times, the rules that we have set up in our relationships are not good for us. Right. It leaves us vulnerable. Mm-hmm. And in some cases, it leaves us ran over on the side of the road, like roadkill, trying to mm-hmm. figure out how I'm going to get back up and, and brush myself off and start living again. Yeah. And so... For more times than what I can, I I can honestly say it it has happened in in my relationship with other people, and when people have come and talked to me, women more than men, and so sometimes the women carry the brunt of the responsibility of the failed relationship or the loss on their backs, and they are carrying this stuff around with them. You know, I even had to tell somebody today. 
don't let Petty Patty keep riding you. Mm. Don't okay. let Petty Patty keep riding the front seat of that car. I mean, sometimes you do have to let people know, okay, this is where I'm at. Mm -hmm. I, I'm giving you sound advice that this may not be the time to approach me with foolishness. So understanding that this may not be the time to approach me with foolishness, then as I move forward, this is all that I'm going to receive from other people. And this is all that I'm going to allow in my life at this time. Yeah. You have the permission to do that. Yeah, you set the boundaries. Have the permission to hurt other people because you've right. been. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I think in terms of you've got being passive on one end, you've got the aggressive being aggressive on the other end, but I can be assertive all day long. So the passivity, that's not okay. The aggression, that's not okay. But being assertive, that's okay all day long. And so I can express my wants, my needs, and I can do these things that I need to do for myself, but it's not okay for me to violate you as I'm doing that. And I'm also not to just lay there and take all these kicks and you know all these different ways of being abused. So it's all about how can I be assertive so that I can have the healthiest relationship with myself and then the healthiest that I can have with everybody else as well. That is so awesome. Well, guess what? Guess what time it is? Oh my goodness. <laughs> time for me to get my chicken out the oven. <laughs> this has been an awesome conversation. Um I I think I, I think we're gonna do it again. Um and, and just really talk about relationships, mm -hmm. um, the different type of relationships that we find ourselves in. And even in those various relationships, the importance of setting boundaries and loving ourselves, even when we're in a relationship with family and friends, especially loving ourselves. Especially. <laughs> yes, honey, family will take you places you never thought you was going to go. Find yourself doing stuff you never thought you was going to do. Mm. So. Sharon, thank you so much for coming on. This has been awesome. You're welcome. Wonderful conversation. I know I threw some doozies of some questions out at you. Layers, just layers. Yeah. Um, You're welcome, this Lisa. This has been awesome. And Lisa, you are welcome. Quite, quite welcome. Thank you, everyone that has participated in the show, all of the comments and the questions that have come across. We hope that something has been said that we have shared that has helped you start your journey to healing, that has helped you give yourself permission to heal. Now, Absolutely. nothing that we have said is meant for you to say, okay, this is the only way that I can do this. And since I can't do it that way, I'm just gonna lay down, no. You take what we have shared and you take the time to figure out how it works best in your life mm -hmm. and how it works best. It may mean that you only take a piece of it and you throw the rest of it out. Absolutely. You take whatever it was that works for you, apply it. The things that don't pass them on or let them go because everything does not work for everyone. That's right. So, Dietrich says, thank you, Michelle, for having Sharon on. 
we'll keep in touch. And Lisa said, great program. So we thank everyone for listening in. Again, uh, Sharon, I'm gonna give you a, a couple of minutes to do a closing to share whatever you wanna share with our listening and viewing audience and then also let them know how they can get in touch with you. All right, so thank you again, Michelle. So happy to be here. So this came at the end of my week of seeing clients. So Thursdays for the most part. So this was a great end to seeing clients. So I've been having these conversations in sessions uh, with clients, a lot of things around grief. I find that, oh gosh, if I had to give a number to like what grief, I'd say probably 75% of what I see come in is grief in some form or fashion. You're gonna, it's gonna enter into that. It's gonna be something around relationships or actual physical death you know, jobs, physical illness, just different things. And so when we realize that we're going to experience grief, we have to give ourselves that room to be able to go through the process and to be able to acknowledge what it is that we're experiencing, not to give a value to, you know, whatever this emotion is. We've got these that you can't experience and these are okay to experience. No, actually all of these are emotions that we can, we can have, we will have and it's okay but how is it that i go about expressing it so give myself a place a space to be able to process to work through and to realize that it can get better wherever i may be and it may seem like it's not going to get any better but it, it absolutely can i just have to continue to work through the process and you've probably heard it so many times but i just have to kind of stay in there and say that I'm gonna love myself through this. I'm gonna love myself through this. I'm gonna take care of myself as best I can. I'm gonna reach out for help when I find that I, I need it. And sometimes I just have to get that. And so I can have somebody to work along, walk along this journey with me. You know, reach out, reach out, make sure you do that and check in with yourself. Like I said, throughout the day, Sometimes it's all right. Here it is, 10, 11 o'clock at night. I have had, you know, maybe been sitting in this seat all day or I haven't had anything to eat. Well, not for me, but that could be somebody else's story. I don't miss meals, but realize that I need to. <laughs> I just don't. But checking in to see what it is that I need and making sure that I take care of those needs. And that's how I learned to trust myself because it's okay when I find that there's something that's needed that I'm gonna do it for myself. And if I realize I can trust myself in certain ways then I can learn that I can actually trust other people too. There are other people out there that I can trust as well. Okay, and as far as getting in touch with me, uh, like you said, you've got my information on the screen. My site is lovethatrelationship.com and my email is lovethatrelationship at gmail.com. Okay, so we have one last comment before we go out. Deetra said, I see a blessing in this. Thank you, Lord. We're glad that we were here to be able to answer some of your questions. And please, please don't hesitate to reach out to Sharon. Um, one of the things that I do know is that if it's something that she feels that you would do better with another therapist, she will refer you. So don't hesitate to reach out to her and give her the opportunity to be able to help you go through your process. Um, mm -hmm. Because 
I don't want to hear about you failing to step into your place of healing because you didn't feel like nobody was there for you. We're mm -hmm. giving you all the resources that you need. If Sharon's not the person you think you need, then especially if you're in the Indianapolis, Indiana area, especially if you're in Indiana, hit 211. And when I tell you, they will let you know if all of the resources available for counseling. There are so many um, telephone counseling services available now due to the pandemic. Find the one that works best for you and then work through your process. I am a proponent for therapy. Let me tell you, I have a therapist. When I'm in need, I call her up and I will start talking through stuff. In the African-American community, it is not in the past being something that black folks do. But let me tell you, I have yet to meet somebody who does not have a therapist. It is a non-interested individual who can come in and offer you a perspective that you can't see because they've had the training and they're not directly involved in the aspects of your life. So they can see things and bring things to you with solutions yeah. that you necessarily cannot see. So thank you everybody for hanging in there. This was an extended show today. I am loving the conversation. I'm loving the questions that came about. I thank you, Sharon, again for You're being welcome. here with us. So everybody, guess what? This is your girl, Michelle, with Sharon on Girls Talk Real Talk, because when girls talk, just about anything can happen. So we'll see you again next week for another fantastic show. We'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.